for illumination found in your bulletin. As your Holy Spirit spoke to the prophets of old, speak to us now through your word, that by listening your voice, we too will make our way through your joy to come into the world. Lessons from the Old Testament, Isaiah 40, 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and, and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for, your, for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill may be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the, of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together. And the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I shall. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. And the constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass weathers and the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows, up, blows upon it, surely the people are the grass. The grass weathers, the flowers fade, but, but your word of God shall stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald the good, thi good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good things. Lift it up, do not fear. Say it to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with, with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his re recompense before him. He will feed his flock, and like a shepherd, he will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The grown-ups in the room to be seated, and any children who are here want to come up and join me for a few minutes. Love to have a minute with you, and if you're worshiping from home, you can get a little closer to your screens for the children's moment. It was my birthday yesterday. <gasps> yesterday was your birthday. Happy birthday. You and Jesus' birthdays are really close. Good morning, everyone. Glad to see you this morning. It's been about 15 years ago. I woke up from a good night's sleep, and my neck was really, really hurting. And it come to find out there was something in there that had gone wrong, and I needed to have surgery. So I had to wait a few weeks before I had the surgery, and for that time I was really in pain, and it was hard for me to come to work and do my job. And then one day, someone from my church came by with something that looked like this. This is a prayer shawl. And we have a group of people who meet every week upstairs in the church and they knit together and they talk and they pray. And every prayer shawl they make 
They pray for whoever gets the prayer shawl that they would feel God's presence. So I got that prayer shawl and I wrapped it around my shoulders like this. And I could just feel the arms of God around me giving me comfort. And I could feel all the prayers of my church family all around me and giving me comfort. The scripture reading that Mary just read talks about comfort and how God gives us comfort. So next time that you're feeling sad or maybe you've scraped your knee or you have a boo-boo or you, a tummy ache, just think about God wrapping God's arms around you and giving you comfort and all the church family also praying for you. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that you are a God of comfort. That even though we get sick sometimes, we don't feel well, we get sad, you are with us and you hold us and love us. And we thank you. We thank you for the people in our church who make these prayer shawls so that we can feel your arms around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for listening and for the comfort you give me when you give me hugs. If you're three, four, or five, you can go to Children's Church. Oh, hugs, hugs, hugs. I will take them. Thank you so much. And, and you're five, so you can go to Children's Church. And I dropped one of my strings. And if you're older than that, you can go back and sit with parents or friends. I wonder if some of you, while Mary was reading from the 40th chapter of Isaiah, could hear it, that tenor voice, and the opening aria of Handel's Messiah. Comfort ye. I know one of y'all could sing it better than I can. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You sang Messiah last year, right? I sang it in college with the uh, choir at, at Duke in the chapel and every year I listen to it this time of year and the whole piece opens up with a soft voice gently announcing God's comfort. I think we need God's comfort today don't we? We are in a season when we need to feel the the arms of God surrounding us and the prayers of God's people holding us. We are in need of comfort today as a community. Many of us were watching our radar maps and hearing stories of tornadoes touching down in Hendersonville and Springfield and Dresden and places all around Tennessee. I had an email this morning from one of our church members that he sent the email at 2 a.m., that his business had been destroyed up in the Madison-Hendersonville area. Some of you may have family members or neighbors who suffered in night storms, and we are in need of, of comfort in a moment like this. We're in need of comfort in, in this moment in our world when the world is not at peace, and we're praying for the Middle East and for Ukraine and so many places across the world where there is violence and escalating humanitarian crisis. Many of us are in need of comfort in our own personal lives. We're looking at this holiday that's coming upon us and there's someone this year who won't be with us and we're feeling that grief. Or we recognize that the relationships are not what they were this time last year. I'm sure that most of us here today have some place in our lives where we are needing the comfort of God's love and grace.
And that's what the prophet announces to us in this first part of Isaiah 40. He's speaking to the people of Israel in a moment when they needed comfort. If you were here last week, we know a little bit of that story. They had been overrun by the Babylonian army. Jerusalem had been destroyed. The temple was in a heap of rubble. And they struggled to see where God was in their lives. This God who had chosen them, this God with whom they had a special covenant. Where was God? And so the prophet rises up from the rubble to announce, God is with you. Receive God's comfort. It didn't mean that the suffering was over or that the grief was gone or that there wasn't more down the road. It meant that God was with them, holding them and would never let them go and never had let them go. And so it is a word of comfort for us wherever we may find ourselves. So I would invite you throughout the season when you have opportunity, if you are in a place of need of comfort, to to find some time and space to wrap up in a prayer shawl, to climb up into God's lap in prayer and allow yourself to be comforted. But the prophet doesn't stop there in this text that we've heard. He begins to say, be comforted, and now it's time to to rise up and start getting ready. In the desert, prepare the way. In the wilderness, make a highway, for God is coming. And then he says what will happen as God makes God's way toward the people again. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain shall be made low. All the crooked places will be made straight, and the rough and bumpy places will be made like a plain, for God is taking everything out of the way and coming toward us with God's kingdom. So I don't know about you, but as I hear these words, the description of the mountains rising up and the, the, the mountains being brought low and the valley rising up, I see images that are given to us from the prophets and other places of scripture consistently, the vision of that day of God that is coming Just a couple of weeks ago, we saw the vision in the 22nd chapter of Revelation, how it all comes to to fruition with the river of life flowing through the city and the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruits and abundance enough for everyone and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations and all the nations are gathered together in one place as one to worship God. We'll hear it next week when the prophet speaks again, these words that Jesus will announce in his own preaching. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, lifting up the valleys. And we'll hear it in two weeks as we hear Mary's song, Magnificat, that she sings before she gives birth to Jesus. The Lord has done mighty things. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty bellies. This great good news of the coming of God that is the the leveling of all things and all people. We hear it in this text that everything has been made a plain and all flesh 
shall see the glory of God together. The coming of God into the world removes all of those hierarchies and all of those barriers that keep us from being in right relationship with one another and with God. And all of those who've been told for one reason or another that, that they can't get to God or they don't belong to God are now the way is made and the obstacles are removed. And God comes and the people of God are invited to get ready and prepare the way, even to stand up on the high mountain and say, here is God, here comes God. So how do we do that? How do we say that in this world that we live in? You know, this week we light the second candle of the Advent wreath and it's the candle of peace. And there is not peace in the world right now. We hear the news from the Middle East and Ukraine and North Korea and all over the world. We're not called to say there's peace when there is no peace. And there are even those in, our, in many congregations who this morning are not lighting this candle as a way of being in solidarity with all of those people and all of those places who do not know peace. And I think that's a powerful thing, and that may be something that you would like to do with your Advent wreath at home, is, is to leave the second candle unlit as a sign of that solidarity and prayer. But as I've thought about it and prayed about it, I, for my part, I want to light this candle. It doesn't mean that, that peace has been accomplished and that all is well and that all suffering and war are over. It means that in the midst of the world that we live in, that has never been at peace for thousands of years, Christ still comes. And Christ is the Prince of Peace. And we have lighted the hope candle. And in that hope, we light this candle, believing that Christ's peace can be manifest in our lives and in our world. And what we're called to do is to prepare the way Even if we're in a desert, even if we are in a place of wilderness, we can prepare the way. We can be builders of peace and makers of peace in our relationships, in our congregation, in our community, in our world, doing what we can to to lift up the lowly and and right-size the arrogant, (laughs) to make a level place where all people are welcome and there are no obstacles to seeing and receiving the glory of God. So light the second candle or don't light the second candle. But for me, I light this candle of peace in hope and I want to do everything I can to prepare the way for peace to come. Amen.